Hey guys, welcome back to the WBF podcast. I'm here again with my dad. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good, son. Pretty good. Awesome. So, um, been hearing some amazing, amazing lessons, um, sermons. Jeff last week did an amazing job. Yes, he did. Teaching about, um, desperation, the holy desperation. And he was talking about, how there's going to be a new sound in in the church. Yes. And he yes. talked about um that the church can't be quiet, that we need to be we need to be loud, we need to be proud. And uh every time he teaches it's like I really do a lot of inward like adjustments as he's teaching like wow, I got a lot of stuff like he he just pierces me whenever he's he's preaching about because as he's talking about desperation I'm like when was the last time I was desperate for something? Right. <clears throat> right. You know, like, uh, know. you really got to have like a passion and you got to, we got to be desperate for the things of the Lord, because if we're not desperate for the things of the Lord, you're going to end up lukewarm. You're going to end up desperate for the things of the world and not of the things of the Lord. And it, it, it's all tying into this other, these other messages I'm hearing about having an eternal mindset. Not being so stuck on the things of this world, but being having a bigger picture of like this is just a short time we're here helps with that desperation, you know, that yearning for Jeff was talking about yearning for souls to be saved, like having your hearts broken over the lost. And it's like, you know, I have friends that I want to believe, but I wouldn't say I'm heartbroken over it. Right. And that's right. something that I got to work on. I, I I should yearn and 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 seek after the Lord for their salvation and and putting the right people in that path and giving me my opportunities to uh, say what I need to say when I need to say it. Mm-hmm. That's right. So that's right. I was just trying to think back about when was I desperate? When was I desperate? Right. Right. Well, <clears throat> if we stay desperate. And hungry for God all the time, then the situations that would normally cause us to be desperate, uh, you know, it could be anything. It could be finances. It could be a loss of a job. It could be a child that's sick, really sick. You know, those kind of life-changing, life-altering situations can cause us to get desperate for God and for His Word. But if we stay desperate all the time and hungry for God all the time and spend time in His Word that we need to be spending and seeking Him with our lives and seeking to do His will, then, you know, when the desperate times come, and they come to all of us, then we'll be more prepared, more ready to address, you know, be spiritually built up, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, to get the victory in those situations. Because God's already given us the victory. He's already given us the victory. But uh, sometimes situations can be overwhelming, you know, you have a sick child in your home, that is extremely frustrating, you know, mm-hmm. because we know what the, the scripture says, you know, that by Jesus' stripes we're healed and laying hold of that promise and, you know, standing against those things. You know, there's, I can go on and on with this. <laughs> yes. I mean, that desperation, you know, I was sick about a week or so ago and then my, my son, Caleb, um, got sick for mm-hmm. a couple of days with a mm-hmm. fever. And it's like, am I desperately praying for just sound whole bodies every day? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. I need to. I need to work on that. I need to be desperate for that. I need to. See, so yeah, you have to really like uh, instill in yourself that desperation on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. A desperation for Him, seeking Him, 
And like you said, doing that in the word, the word is so huge. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I've heard it for 27 years and it's still like there was times where I wasn't hearing it. I know there's Christians out there who are here that probably on a weekly basis and it still like doesn't puncture, puncture in and they, they, they probably still don't spend much time in their word. It's just, you know, life gets busy or whatever it is. We really have to like change our mindset. I'm having this huge realization as I'm changing things in my life that I have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. on my mindset, on how I believe. What do I believe? Well, is it backed up by the word? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, how do I know that? Well, I have to look, like read it for myself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just feel like we can say it over and over and over again. You know, you get in your word, get in your word. I think it's been mentioned on here a bunch. Mm-hmm. And it's still like I get why people don't because I, I've been through a season. I've been through a, a lifetime, it seems like, of seasons of not. But it's so important to find a starting place, get in the get in the Gospels, read, read the story of Jesus, read, mm-hmm. read. Mm-hmm. It, you know, here's an here's an uh, example or here's a test. Read what Paul wrote. That's two thirds of the New Testament right there. I mean, just go. I mean, you find that as a starting place and you're going to be busy for a while. Yes, you are. You know, yes, you are. I've been listening to uh, the Bible as I drive the mail. I'm trying to like cut out all the secular stuff completely, which is hard. I'm, I'm probably going to have to like learn what to give up and, and what to take on as I as I grow. And I'm just trying to give up more, you know, more of myself, submit myself. That hu- humility and desperation work hand in hand. You have to be very humble. You have to be very submissive to the Lord and give away yourself to mm-hmm. find that desperation for him or else you're just going to fill your needs mm-hmm. fill mm-hmm. your needs so i'm trying to work on humility i was hearing a sermon from keith moore about um great faith is great humility yes and uh he teases the story of the woman who god says even the dog or he ta- he talks about the dogs getting the crumbs off the table yes that's what she told the lord yes and that yeah she says you know even the oh, even the dogs the can eat the crumbs yeah a lot of people would hear the dog part you know <laughs> jesus basically comparing her to a dog and not want anything he had to say yes. but she was humble and he says great is your faith yes. and uh with a centurion man Keith used that ex- example as well. As a man who understood power, he said, Lord, I, like, I'm not even worthy of you coming in my home, but I understand authority. Mm-hmm. Just speak the word. And mm-hmm. so Keith was using humility as like a huge uh, example of your faith. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good so stuff. I'm listening to the I'm listening to Paul. I'm listening to the New Testament as I'm driving. And I'm realizing. Man, a lot of what Paul teaches would not the world does it would not like if you just sat there and just just read the you know First Corinthians and you know all these books of the Bible. If you just read them just straight up for what they say, don't add anything to it. The world would buckle and and scream and it they would not like a lot of what he talks about. Yes. Yeah, the carnal mind is enmity against God. The worldly. He teaches it's better to not he now he says that he didn't get it from the Lord. He's just giving his advice. But he says it'd be better not to be married at all. 
yes. And then we're in the middle of Pride Month where the world tells you you can have sex with whoever you want and you can be whatever sex you want. And and Paul's saying if you can abstain from sex completely, it's better for you. Um, yes. So just a lot of the things he teaches are so different from what the world what the world teaches you. Yes, yes. <clears throat> That's because the Holy Spirit was speaking through him and for a reason to get us to see and hear what God is saying, you know, and stuff. So and what God says is what changes us. It's what yeah. God says that changes a person. It's not my opinions. Right. You know, on scriptures, it's the word of God that uh, transforms our life. That's actually how we were born again. You know, by believing the word, you know, and stuff and acting upon it and stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, it's God's words is the transformation, transformational thing in our life. You know, but a lot of people don't realize that we are spirit. Right. We're spirit beings. We're not just carnal uh, flesh and blood beings. We are spirit beings and we're creating God's image. And he has placed, uh, Cheryl spoke about this uh, Tuesday night about uh God has placed eternity in each of our hearts, you know, that each of us, you know, whether we agree with it or not, there's a part of us that thinks about eternity, mm. you know, and longs for eternity, you know, because God has put that in each of us. Right. And people, they bury that in their life, in their uh, their thoughts and just their own ways of thinking and their carnal thinking stuff. They They bury that away and they keep it stowed away and, and stuff, you know, but really if they search down in their hearts, hmm. they would want to know, uh, you know, who made everything and just the eternity of heaven and, and things, you know, and stuff. But, uh, that's where, uh, that's where our job comes in. Right. Right. <laughs> hey, I love when Cheryl teaches, um, you can just tell by the way she teaches how, uh, how much, how well she knows the word. You know, yes. she's she's really uh, scripture led and like she just has a really strong wisdom in the word and, and knowledge of of mm -hmm. different parts. And it's really fascinating to watch her just jump around. Right. Um, even in life group, when we were in life group with her, she would pull out scriptures that Danny wasn't even talking about and bring them into the conversation. So you can just tell she has a well of knowledge of the word, which is mm -hmm. awesome mm -hmm. when you see people like that. It, it's it's motivational to like wow I really need to get more in my word and and mm -hmm. and I want that kind of knowledge of the word to where I can pull out scripture that pertains to the topic because it's so good to have two or three or more witnesses from the word mm -hmm. about what we're talking about it's so important Amen Amen hanging around with people of like precious faith yeah feeding off each other yeah we're feeding off each other and stuff so. And we need that. That's why it's so important to be in church on Sunday morning and to be in life groups, getting around other people mm -hmm. of like precious faith that we can uh, read the word to. We can pray with each other and stuff and just share our life's experiences with each other and, and what we're going through and how God changed this situation, this person's life and how they got victory in this situation, you know, and stuff. That is such a huge, huge part of our our spiritual health really these days can like connect yes and yes. when you're all when you're all when you're all together prophesying and proclaiming his name together mm -hmm. you can feel your spirits growing and, and inside mm -hmm. of you and, and and 
getting on fire. It's so important. Yes. Amen. Amen. Desperate. There's that desperation word again. Desperate yes. for <laughs> for that need for for God and relationship, you know, with people and stuff. And we need it. We need each other. We need each other. Yeah, I think I need more of that um, realization of needing each other because I've said it on here before a couple of times that I don't have a lot of friends right now. So I need to keep on seeking out relationships and growing those relationships. It can be hard when you're a recluse and you're in your own mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. world and you're you have two kids and you have a job and you come home from the job and take care of the kids. So you don't want to give your time away. But it is important to form relationships. Yes. So I'm listening to the word. In my in my uh, my uh, mail van, um, just driving, and you know, I'm not retaining all of it. Obviously, I'm delivering mail, so there's it's spotty. I, I get little pieces here and there. I'll re-listen to a chapter if I like heard a chapter or hear a verse that mm-hmm. I either recognize or I want to hear exactly what Paul is saying again. So I'm I'm I listen to a sermon from Keith about humility. I'm like filling myself up with this humility. Like I need to. Mm-hmm. Be more submissive. I need to be more submissive, and I'm I'm getting um, all this stuff about I'm like getting like on fire, you know, telling Satan where he he should be, putting him under my feet, humbling myself before the Lord. I'm having this awesome moment. I'm driving down the road, and a woman is waiting outside by her mailbox as I'm coming back down her road. I've already delivered the mail for her. And I knew I messed up just the look on her face. She was just mad. And I was like, okay, here we go. It's so funny. You have, you have this thinking that you have Satan under your feet and then he's going to put somebody in your path. To try. It's so funny. If you can take a second and look back at a day or, you know, look back at your day and realize the moments where you lost a battle. Yes. I, I say, I said I lost this one because I think I did good in the moment. It's about how I handled it inside myself afterwards. So I'm on the right-hand side of the road. Not being offended. I'm on the right-hand side of the road. (laughs) She's on the left-hand side of the road. Mm -hmm. Usually you would think they would kind of walk across the road, to, but she doesn't do that. She just waits for me to pull up to her. Mm -hmm. So I roll down my left-hand window. She's all the way across the, the street from me. I can't reach her. I can't, you know, there's this gap. I paused the word, not because I was like afraid of her hearing it, just so I could hear what she was saying. Mm-hmm. Used to, I would pause my podcast because I was listening to secular stuff and I didn't want a curse word or something to come up out of the speaker that someone wouldn't want to hear that it, it would, it would, my conscience was aware of what I was listening to. So now that I'm listening to worship or or the bible or whatever I, i'm less afraid to pause it. it's more so if someone's trying to have a conversation with me i have to pause it and she says uh can you not read the number of my bail box this is exactly how she started the conversation can you not read the, can you not read the number of my bail box i'm not quick-witted i'm not quick I, I have to be ready for an encounter like that to have something ready for somebody and so i'm almost jaw drop, just kind of like, uh, you know, yeah. no, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I had misdelivered her. I had misdelivered the mail to her box. It was for the box after her. Mm. So I got up to her box. She didn't have any mail that day. I threw in the next box in her box instead of, uh, delivering it to the right box. When you deliver over 500 boxes and you're delivering thousands of letters and hundreds of packages, you're going to make mistakes. Yes. I could have maybe articulated something like that in love, 
I'm kind of glad I'm not quick-witted because if I would have come across nice, I don't think it would have mattered. I think she still would have berated me with comments and then it would have led to anger. So I'm glad that the Lord's given me this slow to speak. Just naturally, that's just how I am. So she's telling me I misdelivered her mail or I misdelivered the mail for the, the next door neighbor into her box. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to grab the mail from her and apologize. Yeah. But she wants to tell me about my mistake. She wants to continue to explain to me that I've made a mistake. <laughs> and she is very rude and, uh, you know, insulting my intellect, asking if I can read. And she she's saying if I put the, her mail in the next box, her, the neighbor that I should have delivered the mail to in the first place, that they'll just throw it away, yada, yada. She's all on a tyrant. In my flesh, worked myself up. Eventually, I apologized enough times. I mean, I list, literally all I could say to her was like, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't even articulate anything other. My brain was going 100 miles an hour, but it was just word vomit coming out of my mouth. I was just like, can I just have the mail, ma'am? I'm sorry. I'm sure I just messed up on, on one box. I apologize. That's all I could That's all I could say to her is like, I'm sure I just messed up on the one box. I don't think you had any mail today. I'll fix it tomorrow. Is basically all I could tell her. And eventually she's like, it's okay. After she told me I was an idiot, basically, she finally was able to tell me it's okay. And I was, and I was realizing as I'm driving away, I can't even hear the word anymore. That's coming out of the speaker. I press play, but it's just mumbo jumbo. And my brain then starts to pick up. My flesh is like a hundred miles an hour. And I'm realizing I'm getting attacked and I'm like, wow, I was just on top of this. And I was like, man, I'm glad I couldn't say anything else because as I'm driving away, I'm thinking to myself, oh, I could have said this. I could have said that. And I'm having to give it away in real time to the Lord and work it out. And it took me a minute. It took me a minute to work it out of my system because that could have ruined my whole rest of my day driving the mail around. I could have fumed and and been angry and said, well, ma'am, if you had any common sense, you would have realized and, you know, immediately started hating on her. I said, thank you, Lord. I said, thank you, Lord, for, I apologize. Help me to be better about delivering her mail specifically. I, and I, I gave it away to the best of my ability. So I say I half won the battle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, slow to anger, I think the scripture says. Yes. Slow to anger. Don't go to bed angry. Yeah, don't go to bed. You know, th- those situations come to all of us. Nobody. Nobody is immune from those situations. Yes. And the thing about it is they're, they just pop into your life. They're not like you can't see it coming. Oh, no. It's this, it's there. It's in your face. <laughs> it's right now, real time. Yep. You know, so you don't, you're, you're caught off guard. And at that point, at that point, you're in the middle and your flesh is wanting to react a certain way and stuff. And, you know, all of us can fa- all of us have opportunities to fail at that. You know, I guess the main thing about those kind of situations is to be quick to forgive. Yes. Quick to let it go. You gotta be quick about it. And I almost immediately you, you gotta it's gotta be it's gotta be the quicker the better. Your flesh wants to hang on to it. It wants to cling to it. Right. And and go through the mental gymnastics of what can I do to her mailbox? You know, just all that kind of stuff can, 
you know, or this or that situation. How can I purchase person something? Someone's coming up with the best, you know, oh, well. And it's not only like the immediate uh, thing for me, like you're saying, it's it's super important. Immediate is super. It's also repetition for me. I have to repeat it. Mm -hmm. I have to repeat it. I have to repeat it. I have to repeat it because even as I was like letting it go, my flesh was not letting it go. Like I was like telling myself, Okay, Lord, I'm letting this go, but my 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 flesh. I have a lot of work to do to con- to take control back over my flesh. Yes, and that's a spiritual yes. walk that I have to walk out. Even being just a second away from hearing something in Thessalonians or whatever chapter of the Bible he he was reading to this moment, I'm realizing like I still have a lot to wor- of work to do. Now I feel like I handled it pretty good with the woman, and. My mind is still running after the fact, but I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. So, yeah, that immediate uh, letting go is super important. And the shield of faith, so you can quench all them fiery darts of the wicked one. Yeah. (laughs) And the devil will use anybody. The devil will use a Christian person if they let them to throw some fiery darts your way. And those darts are most of the time their words, their accusations. They're They're accusing you of something. Most of the time, people get tore up about mail. They are very particular. People don't like mail in their box. That's not theirs. I'm not the best at reading every single name on a piece of mail. I usually just look at the address and throw it in the box. It's just I don't have the wherewithal to sit there and look at six different things on a on a note to. And so I made a mistake. I made a mental error. And I, I could have explained it to the woman, look, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I deliver, like I said, hundreds of boxes a day. I deliver thousands of letters a day. Because the thing is, the mail is in order. So if I put the box ahead of you, if I put their mail in your box, that means that if anything, your mail will be in the box before yours or just you didn't have any mail today. There's no reason that I should deliver your mail to the next box. Unless I just complete, there's a system, there's an order. You are the box, the next box is the mail you got. So there's no reason that they would have gotten your mail because that wouldn't make sense with how the mail is is ordered. I couldn't explain that to her because then it would have caused an argument more so. And so it, it was this tough situation and it was over like six letters. <laughs> she could have just stuck the flag up. I could have fixed it the next day. I get it. I made a mistake. So I had to let it go, apologize to her, apologize to the Lord and give it away and let it go and Lord be with her and help her to have a blessed day. And, you know, praying for people that offend you like that. That's a that's a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, that's a huge step. Help me to be better for her. I, I don't make a lot of mistakes, but I've obviously made a mistake at least. I know I've done it at least one other time with this specific woman. So she said, I'm tired. She says, I'm like, I'm tired of this happening. Like I've done, like I do it on a daily basis when it's maybe happened two or three times in the past year of, of delivering mail there. But I get it. I get it. I get it. It's just <laughs> one of those things where, like, like I said before, you just really got to, you know, Submit your flesh to yeah. to the Lord and give it Crucify away. Crucify your flesh. Crucify it. Yes. And we have a helper. We have a helper. We don't realize it in those situations. <laughs> yes. We yes. have a helper. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And he is there inside of us. I remember uh, Jesse Plant, the Plant is talking about the time that he uh, was preaching in uh, 
I can't remember which town it was. But anyway, the pastor took him. He dropped his luggage off the hotel, and the pastor took him around town. They get back to the hotel, and he left his keys in the room. He couldn't get in his room. His stuff was in his room. So he goes down and tries to explain it to the clerk and stuff. And the clerk was giving him a hard time. And I think Jesse ended up grabbing a phone. But this is probably a long time ago. Grabbing a phone and was going to basically smash his face. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, me. Well, the hotel manager comes out. Oh, what's the problem? I'm trying to sell the issue. And anyway, the hotel manager ends up taking Jesse up to his hotel, up to his room, mm-hmm. on the way up to his room. <laughs> the hotel manager says, so what do you do for a living? <laughs> oh, no. Yes, <laughs> he said it in his mind. He was like, he was this rapid fire. He's like, I'm a motivational speaker. <laughs> he didn't say, he didn't say that, but that's what was going on in his mind. He finally, he finally come to, you know, to just tell the guy, he said, I'm a minister of gospel. He said, I'm sorry. And he began to apologize to the guy. And he, the guy said, well, this guy gives us trouble, gives people trouble all the time. But Jesse said, no, I mean, it wasn't, uh, it's not about him. And basically Jesse apologized, but, I'm just saying that to say, even a minister of the gospel, we all we all live in flesh. Yeah, we all live in flesh, and it can be agitated, and it can be tired, and it can be offended. Yeah, in any given moment and stuff. So just because, yeah, put away that pride. It, yeah. It's a prideful mindset that you have to really work on putting yes. aside. And what what better uh, story of humility than that story right there of him realizing, as the person just asking him like a simple like. Uh, nonchalant question that it's just typical like small talk what do you do for a living and then he realizes he has to own up to who, who he actually <laughs> yep. who who he's actually uh you know i i'm showing jesus everywhere i go and that wasn't jesus right. so he's having this moment of realizing oh man i messed up yeah. and he had to he had to apologize and it's awesome that he was able to be up front and and he did he didn't stretch the truth because you almost immediately was want to kind of like lie about it, like, oh well, I, you That's know, what's going on in his mind. I'm a motivational yeah. speaker. <laughs> I'm a motivational speaker, <laughs> but just in real time, you know, you can either let Satan have the victory, or you can, or you can course correct. And I, you know, it's good that he course corrected there because you know that's a that's a teaching moment. Yes, and I draw from the Holy Spirit too. I'm- yeah, I begin to tell myself, I have a helper. Holy Spirit, you're helping me. Holy Spirit, you're helping me. And usually the Holy Spirit, a lot of times, he'll help you by, by forgiving the person. And, you know, even if you've been wrong, yes, you know, you've been wrong, and it's the other person's fault, telling them you're sorry and stuff, you know, a soft answer turns away wrath. Mm. You know, that's that's the God way of dealing with the situation. Yeah, But just having that mindset, that I'm not alone in this battle with my flesh. I'm not. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Right. I have a helper inside of me that is my strengthener. He's my comforter. He is giving me the right words to say to this person. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to calm the situation. But uh, you know, that's it's just something to be mindful of because, like I said, those situations they're going to come at us. You know, when we least expect it. So. Yeah, it makes me think about the early church and all these apostles running around like chickens with their heads cut off. 
they didn't have the New Testament. No, they, <laughs> they didn't have scriptures. They, didn't have, they, had, they had recollections of what Jesus did. They had, mm-hmm. you know, stories of what Jesus did. It probably wasn't even written down yet. Who knows? Mm-hmm. If it didn't even, had been even written down yet, they had, you know, the Torah. And I'm sure they had scrolls of other books that we eventually in, indoctrinated into the Bible. But they didn't. They didn't have their own teachings. So Paul, when he's writing these books to these churches, it is completely and utterly like just him trusting in the Holy Spirit. That trust in the Holy Spirit, that that desperation that the early church had for the Holy Spirit was unlike anything because they didn't have. And now we have what they have along with the Holy Spirit. We should be even stronger. The, you know, we should be even stronger because those churches, they were doing all types of things. They were justifying, you know, it was just after Jesus had passed away, not too long after. And people are just running rampant with the message of I can do anything I want to because I'm saved by Jesus. And Paul's like, no, 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 <laughs> you can't. You can't be doing that. You know, you don't have to live under the law, but but you can't do everything your flesh wants to do either. Right, right. And he's trying to teach this to the Jews who are so fixated on a law and to the Gentiles who have believed in everything but God. Mm-hmm. It's just really fascinating the way he communicates with the early church. And I was thinking about in First Thessalonians, I believe, I, I heard him say something about like, read this whole note to the church, like stand up in front of everybody and read this whole note. And it was so funny. I tried to picture John getting up on stage on Sunday morning with how small our attention spans has grown in church. Could you imagine, John, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and him read the whole book, chapter by chapter. It's a small book. It wouldn't wouldn't take him, you know, 20 minutes or whatever to read. But there's people would be itching in their seats. People would be snoring in their... But I could imagine this, this young church... And someone getting up in front of the whole church and just reading the whole letter for what it was, because it wasn't in chapter and verse. It was like, here, well, here's what Paul has, has written to writ, writ, written to us, writ, written to us. Yes. <laughs> and uh, could you imagine them stopping? Because he makes it about as simpl- and simplistic as he possibly can. Could you imagine? For me, I'm still like, what does he mean there? What does he mean? What, what like letting the Spirit try to guide me and understanding fully when he says one thing. That almost seems like it's contradicting another thing, but it's not. They're they're correlated. There's a correlation. What is a correlation? And and you have to like really like seek it out. So I could imagine them stopping every couple sentences and saying, "What what does he mean there?" And the the conversation that those young Christians must have had it must have been fascinating. It was, it was hearing it for the first time. Hearing it, was, it for the first time. Yeah. Paul being there, giving them all this word. Immediately he leaves, and then the old way of thinking just slowly works its way back in. So Paul has to rewrite to them, and rewrite to them, and re- write to this church, and write to that church. Oh, and 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 they're writing questions. They're writing like, "What do we do about eating food that's been sacrificed? What do we like?" They're asking him questions about. Oh, they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And Paul's having to use the Spirit to guide this young, these young uh, believers. And the ways that they should they should go. It's just fascinating. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Those are good stuff. So let's tie it in. Let's tie it. Let's let's start getting 
we kind of well, the first couple times we did this, you were kind of my guinea pig. So um, <laughs> I was still figuring it out. I'm still figuring it out. I'm not perfect, but I feel like I've gotten a little bit better at it as I do it. Speaking of the spirit, we kind of got to the point of where you were saved in your testimony and we kind of like haven't gone much farther with it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to open up with some of the other stuff that's been on my mind all day. But now let's let's go into the spiritual aspect of your walk with the Lord. You went you started going to like a spirit filled church shortly mm-hmm. after getting saved, correct? Mm-hmm. Bethel Tabernacle. How long did it take for you to uh, accept the Holy Spirit? That's been a long time ago. Uh, do you remember it? Do you remember, like, it doesn't have to be like an exact timeline, but do you remember? I, I remember going through the process and, you know, being in that atmosphere of a of a full gospel church. And, and I think I might, I don't know if I said this before, but... Uh, being born again and being a new creation in Christ and beginning to realize some things about the spirit, about the Lord and stuff that were, that were all new and fresh to me all of a sudden, you know, because of my born again experience. So I was, you know, open to it. I had no uh, religious baggage really that uh, prevented me from accepting any of it. That's a, I mean, that's pretty amazing. A lot of, you know, people, when they go to church a lot throughout their lives and they're not born again, when they get saved, you tend to have some baggage with them. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any, uh, no, that's not for today, you know, the baptism of the whole, with the Holy Spirit. You know, I didn't have any of that, you know, and stuff. So I guess because I never heard about it taught in the Catholic Church that I remember and stuff. So I begin to learn about the Holy Spirit and begin to desire that. And, uh, you know, um, that was a walk. I don't know. It was not just a, I had some experiences with the Lord. Uh, one experience was in my old Jeep and I just heard a testimony on TBN and a buddy of mine was over and he left. And I remember getting in my Jeep and driving down the road and not the hard top Eagle. Right? Yeah. The hard top golden Eagle. Oh, yes, man. Yeah. 1980 Golden Eagle. The thing you sunk into the mud, right? <laughs> That's it. That's it. I should have bought the thousand dollar Jeep, and, but anyway. <laughs> I love hearing that story of you telling me about how you tore up that. Yeah, you learn your lesson when you're young and stupid. <laughs> anyway, so you're in your Golden Eagle. Yeah, and I was actually, you know, it's just where I was at. It's just where I was at. Uh, I hadn't my, the music part of me hadn't quite cleaned up yet. I was still listening to some music, mm-hmm. and I was actually listening to a Van Halen song, mm-hmm. and the song is "Jump." Uh, for those Van Halen fans, they'll know what song I'm talking about. And I had that cranked up in my Jeep. I had a a nice stereo on the Jeep, and it was loud. But I just left with this testimony of this guy I saw on TBM was impacting me but i didn't realize what was going on in me and i'm driving down the road i was heading over to my mom to mom's house and it was i don't really know how to describe it the holy spirit was coming on me he was coming on even with that secular song playing god was overriding that at that moment 
and the Holy Spirit was coming on me. And I can't remember the words that I was speaking, but I, I felt an infilling. I felt an infilling. Well, that infilling got right up to my throat. And when it got there, uh, I, in my mind, I didn't hear no audible voice or anything, but in my mind, it's like, get out of the Jeep and get out of the Jeep and run through these woods over here across the street. By now, there's, there's, there's a huge subdivision now, but back then it was just woods and stuff. I quenched it. I quenched it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what quenching of the Holy Spirit meant, but I I, I figured it out later. But I, I, I quenched it. I resisted it. I don't know how to really describe that other than this urge to do this, and I just squeezed it down. I squeezed it and held on to it, but I didn't let it I – didn't, I didn't act upon this voice mm-hmm. and stuff. So anyway, uh, drive over to mom's and went ahead and next few weeks and months. And somewhere in those next few months and years that passed, I got to where I was praying and seeking the Holy Spirit more and, you know, got over into it deeper and – uh, I, I believe that that night I was probably filled. I just didn't act on it mm-hmm. and go ahead and fish and begin to pray in the spirit. I didn't. And you were act. hearing like sermons on it and stuff. And yeah, like I'm sure I was. Yes, yes. Were you reading? I don't about remember it any specific. Well, I'm sure back then I was probably reading, starting reading Kenneth Hagin's material probably gotcha. at that time. So I'm sure I'm learning. Yeah, some stuff, a lot of stuff from him and stuff. But uh, so. Uh, Exact moments and stuff. Right. Mine's kind of a process. Yeah, it's a process. It's you know. And, I think a lot of Christians uh, uh, feel with a process of getting it. Some people have that and uh, immediate, but I've heard a lot of people, especially in our church family, who who might have had to have a process of of figuring it out. Right. So. Right. Yeah, I confused. Uh, in my mindset at that time was. Until I speak with tongues, I'm not really filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't realize that you can be filled, but as you walk that out, and you know, a great deal of time it happens in that moment, and that's the desire, and that's what we pray into and stuff. At the same time, you know, so it may be just a little bit later that people begin to pray in the Spirit more, mm. you know, and stuff, which doesn't mean you're not filled. It just means you're you're learning to act upon the word of God or you're learning to act upon that urge of the Holy Spirit inside of you yeah. and stuff. And I, that was something I had to walk out. You know, I'd pray a little bit in the spirit and then I would, my mind, I, my mind would come against me and I'm like, that's just gibberish. And you're yeah, just yeah. coasting. When that came, then doubt came and I, I wouldn't do it for a while. And I do it for a little while back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. I finally got to the point where I did it enough that I, Basically, I said, well, I'm just going to keep speaking. If it's gibberish or not, I'm just going to keep acting on this mm. urge that I have inside of me to do it. You know, uh, and the scripture says, you know, the mind is unfruitful unless you unless the, you have the interpretation of what you're saying. Right. And stuff. But, you know, that's uh, that was my walk with the Holy Spirit. You know, yeah, Paul talks about how, you know. He talks about the importance of tongues. He talks about how he probably talked more in tongues than anyone else in the mm-hmm. church. But I, he made a point to tell the younger church, I think they might have been in the same boat you were in of uh, focusing on it, mm-hmm. you know, to the mm-hmm. point where they didn't know if they were filled. Where he made a point to say, you know, how important prophecy is, how important it is that mm-hmm. we prophesy mm-hmm. his name, that, that, like you said, that these words are just 
nothing is if there's no interpretation and therefore yourself and your spirit to the Lord, they're not, you know, it's much more important for me to speak to you five words that you can understand than a thousand in tongues. So he's kind of like giving them that assurance of like, Hey, you don't have to like just speaking in tongues. Isn't the end all be all like prophesying and speaking his name is for edification is so much more important when we're in groups the prayer and stuff like that, the interpretation, if there's no interpretation, it's basically just your spirit. There's not going to be anything in your mind that's going to get anything out of it. So, right, Well, you have to make a distinction between the church service and your own personal prayer time. Right. In your own personal prayer time, you want to pray in the spirit a lot and be in the word, mm-hmm. praying in the spirit and being in the word. You want to be in a lot. When it comes to a church service, Paul's heart was that the church be edified. You want to... Right. Edify the church. That's why he, you know, he wanted to speak five words that people could understand and be edified and be blessed. Yeah, you know, as opposed to just praying in the spirit. He was he was bringing balance to the Corinthian church. They were praying in the spirit a lot and stuff, right. you know. But if everybody's just praying in the spirit and there's no interpretation, then you know everybody is well. They're edifying themselves. They're building themselves up, you know. But that's really not. In a church service, that's really not your your main objective. Your main objective is to release something that the that the church can benefit from, right. you know, and stuff. That's that's what that's what you want to do. You want want to do it for the edifying of a church body, you know, for the, for them to be built up. So, yeah, yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, I'll, yeah. He was obviously talking about in group setting in church and stuff. Yes. Um, you know, also if if everyone's just you know speaking that loud in tongues, it can lead to people doing it for attention, and mm-hmm. it can lead to mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. people doing it for physical appearance instead of actually doing it for right. the right reasons. So, right. yeah, it's important in your quiet time. I, I've got to work on on it myself, uh, pushing myself into my spiritual language and stuff. Um, I was just curious about your walk with the the spirit because I know. You know, as you get more accustomed to it, that's still a small voice. It becomes a little bit easier to hear. It, it starts to, it starts talking to you more often rather than just every blue moon. You start getting these impressions and these small words. You know, it's not an audible voice. A lot of people say they don't hear an audible voice. It's more of just like an inward voice that that's in their heart. Mm-hmm. So, like. You're reading these books, and it was just kind of like a progress of you figuring out um, your spiritual language. But with the other gifts, you know, I know you have, like, faith, like, that's so real. You know, like a faith uh, of believing in miraculous, believing in the miraculous, or or believing for miracles. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you care if I share what was on your list? No. Okay. Um, your very first thing on the spiritual side of your list, I just happened to see it on your fridge, was Victor's healing. Mm-hmm. Like, first thing on the list, it wasn't like anything for you or your or, or mom or the girls, or it was for your brother's healing. And for those who don't know, your brother has cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. born with it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, very high functioning for uh, mentally, just he's physically very handicapped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people with cerebral palsy can't speak as well, but he, right, he's right, he's right. he's uh, very capable of having a conversation with you. It's just he can't walk very well. His hands right. are kind of uh, harder to open and close. He's kind of have 
some issues with his hands. And so you're believing for complete restoration. Yes. Yes. When did that yearning come about? Was it pretty immediate into you finding your spiritual walk? Yeah, probably. I don't remember an exact moment, an exact sermon I heard that said, hey, Victor can be healed, which Victor wasn't going to church at that time. So uh, his probably is a process too of learning, you know, about the Lord and that healing does belong to us today, and and God still does miracles. Yeah, he does, it's he's a miracle still, that he's in church and yes, and a believer. Yes. Um. Yes. So there's nothing to sell short on that. Yes. It's tough to walk those faith walks out. Um. You know, going back to that desperation. You know, mm-hmm. that's something that you're desperate. Your heart is desperate for. Your spirit is desperate for that. And and those are those things that you can hold on to. Those are that's a passion that you can hold on to while we're in the midst of all the hundred other battles that we're facing with people upsetting you to the realization that I'm believing for something so much bigger than someone telling me I can't read. You know what I mean? It puts it in perspective. It puts it in perspective. When you have something like that on your list, when you have something like that that you're believing for and you're desperate for, it puts a lot of the worldly things into perspective. If I can focus on that, Mm -hmm. a lot of the other things don't seem as important anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's those little distractions in life. Yeah. You know, it's the things that (laughs) whatever the devil can do to distract you Get you over in your flesh and yeah. offended and all whatever he can do, you know. Uh, and there again, we're all we're not none of us are immune to it completely. We have victories of it, you know, and stuff as we travel through life. But there's always that that curveball that you didn't see coming. But anyway, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, I'm I'm still growing in my faith and. Victor's growing in his faith, and uh, we just keep walking by faith and not by sight. And I'm I'm learning some some more as I go along the road here. I'm just uh, just recently I feel more. I've I've heard a, a different minister, and God has been dealing with me in my own life, and that is, you know, spending more time in praise and worship. You know, spending a whole lot more time in that mm. and stuff. You know, uh, you you guys spend time in the Word, meditating the Word, feed yourself in the Word of God. Mm. But then, you know, when we pray about something, you know, once you pray about it, we need to be praising God, worshiping God for the answer and for the victory, and not continuously bringing it up before the Lord mm. in a unbelieving sense where we're asking him to do it again and again. And Lord, save Brother Joe or save this person or that person. <clears throat> God, in the mind of God, he's already, he's already sent Jesus to the cross. Mm. So the plan is already in place. Right. It's already in place. But the way we need to pray for, instead of praying that God save the person, pray that God will send the labor into that person's path, mm-hmm. you know, that God can speak through because every person, there's a voice that God speaks through for every person that will, but that person can hear God. Mm-hmm. That God can, can hear God. A lot of times with family, it's going to be somebody else outside of your family that they could win somebody to the Lord because your family knows you and stuff. Right. And you, 
you come to them and they know your life before and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, and pray for a labor that God would send forth a labor into that person's path mm. instead of saying, oh, God, save them. Oh, God, save them. He's already sent Jesus to the cross. The blood's been shed. You know, it's already, like I said, it's in place. You just need to get that person, you know, uh, to hear God's voice, to accept Jesus and mm -hmm. stuff. So that's really how we need to, uh, I mean, that's scripture, that to pray the Lord will send labors into the harvest, you know, to reap that harvest of the unsaved. And, you know, of course, when it comes to healing, you, you know, we don't pray repetitively, Lord, heal, so-and-so heal. They know it eventually, you know, Jesus by his stripes. God, God is way ahead of us. Yeah. He's way ahead of us. You know, we to... pray like we're trying to get God to do something. He's already, He's already got the plan is in place. It's, mm -hmm. He's He's way out there ahead of us. And when we finally get in agreement, and we if we finally come up to where He's at and agree with His Word, then mm -hmm. you know we can begin to receive from God instead of continuously asking Him and trying to get Him to do something that He's already done. Jesus' blood's already shed. He's already got the stripes on His back for our healing. It's already in place. So it's just up to us to to read that, to believe that, to act upon what God's already done, not keep continuously, you know. Uh, I know there's a scripture that says, uh, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open to you, mm. you know, and stuff. There's that scripture, but it's it's asking in faith. It's asking in faith and then believing, believing you receive. It shall be open. It shall be done in the name of Jesus. So. You know, it's uh, that claiming and, and holding on to it and not almost begging for it is kind of huge. Um, I think a lot of us just kind of keep on praying for the same thing over and over and over again and almost like, a, OK, Lord, do it now, do it now, do it now. And yeah. there is something to that, like claiming it and holding on to it and then praising him for the work that is finished. Yes. And believing yes. that it is finished. Yeah. Um, it ties in perfectly to this little book I have here from Kenneth Hagin. He mentions uh, Psalms 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm -hmm. He mentions in the 34th Psalm, The young lions do not lack and suffer hunger, but uh, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. That's verse 10. And he goes on, and he's getting this impression from the Lord that says, Claim whatever you need or want. And he's talking about finances specifically in this little book, but you can apply that to anything mm -hmm. for, for healing, for for freedom from addiction, for, for whatever. It says, say, Satan, take your hands off my finances. Then say, go ministering spirits and cause the money to come. Mm -hmm. And he uses some scripture to back up the fact that the spirit that the angels are ministering spirits mm -hmm. sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. And that's in Hebrews. And uh, so the, the angels are here to, to minister for us yes. in all things. So sending out, claiming it, he says, the Lord instructed me that after I once claimed what I needed, that was to be the end of the matter. I wasn't to pray or do anything else. If I thought about the situation, I was simply to stay in faith and say, thank you, God, for it. It's working. So just a little example of what he's talking about ties in perfectly to with what you're saying about this new revelation of like, as you pray for something, you claim it, you praise the Lord for it, 
And then, you know, if it comes up in your spirit, obviously you can still claim it and, 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 and be thankful for it. It's just about keeping your heart in that mindset of not begging the Lord for something that you, because we don't see the circumstances the way the Lord sees them. Mm-hmm. He sees everything as finished and we see everything for what it is right now. We have the horse blinders on. Mm-hmm. We're stuck in this world. We're stuck in this bubble. We're stuck in this moment in time. And it's just a fraction of our life, which is a fraction in itself. And we get so caught up in this, this, this fleshly way of looking at the world day by day, not looking to an eternal mindset of by faith, God will do it. And regardless of if he does or not, I'm going to die in faith. Right. I'm going to die in faith. Regardless of whatever I'm believing for happens or not, I will go to death and what I believe in because to die is gain. At the end of the day, things of this world won't matter. That's wrong. But I can still have faith and believe and claim. Yes. That's what Keith Moore says. He said, this, this life we're living right now, that's the shortest thing we'll ever do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think about that, you get this little bitty, tiny, microscopic life. Even if you live to be 100 years old, how tiny that is compared to the vastness of eternity, which our minds can't can't even begin to comprehend the limitlessness of of God and the reason that the Lord impressed on him to, to to call out Satan and to tell Satan to get out his hands off of his finances was because the Satan is a ruler of this world and the finances are here on this world. Mm-hmm. Um, certain things that we're believing for are right here on this, like right here in this in this world. We just have to claim it and tell Satan to get his hands off of it. Take take hold of what God has promised us. Yes. Um, yes. Super it's, important. Yeah. <laughs> and spiritual insight, learning things from the Word, the Holy Spirit, and and some teachings from some ministers that we trust, and and just being aware of that, being aware that a lot of people are not aware the devil is stealing them blind, and they they just they blame it on circumstances and situations. They don't realize that the the words they're speaking are causing the enemy to steal from them, and you know it's. It's just, you know, God is just, uh, I don't know, it's just awesome to, to be in a place of, uh, of growing in the Lord and understanding more about what God has done for us and the spiritual inheritance we have and the, the spiritual battle that's around us and understanding these things. It's, it's such a priceless, priceless thing in our lives, you know, and stuff. And, uh, you know, I love it. I love it and stuff, you know, and it's God wants us. God's given us the victory. He's given us the victory in Christ Jesus. But it's, you know, it's something we have to walk out and stuff. But uh, you yeah, can pass it. on any advice to your generation, younger generations, people seeking to grow spiritually as you walked it out for years. What's some advice that you would give to Christians who are either brand new in their spiritual walk or Christians who have maybe gone dry, what's some steps that they can take right now to maybe help them grow their spirit man again, help them to rejuvenate that spirit within themselves, to be aware of it, to help it. Because it's so important that you say that we have a helper 
but we have to take hold of that and be aware of it ourselves or else the helper is not going to be able to help us the way we need to. So what's a, what are ways that we can be better about being aware of this helper, being aware of the helper inside of us? Well, as a young Christian, just getting started out, you need to be around a spiritual father or spiritual mother. You need that desperately in your life. Yes. That person that knows your heart, that knows you, they can pray with you, they can talk to you about the things of God, that is huge in a new believer's life. That is, I say that's probably, you know, number one. I'm, I mean, I can sit here and talk about, well, you need more time in prayer, you need more time in the Word. And, all. and you do need that. You do need that. But you need help. You need that person. And I'm not talking about just anybody. I'm talking about somebody, you know, that's um, walking in the things of God, you know, an uh, older, more mature in the in the Lord, you know, and, and that may not be necessarily a whole lot of years in the natural age wise, but they've walked with the Lord, they've been through some stuff, just a a spiritual father or a spiritual mother in life that that was that that's a huge thing right there it's great you know um, obviously stay in church get in the life group there's all those kind of things that we can do you know you want you want to help yourself out in your spiritual growth you really do you're not i mean it's it's okay to watch some stuff spiritually some preaching and teaching on the internet, but you need to be in church. Everybody needs a pastor. Right. Everybody. If you don't have a pastor, then you're going to be scattered. The sheep will be scattered or scattered without a pastor. If you don't have a pastor in your life, that is a mistake. You can't sit at the house and watch your church family. You need a pastor that is praying, speaking into your life every Sunday. You've, you've got to have that in your life. That is another huge thing. And that right there may be just above the spiritual father. Those kind of, those are, right. those are two big, you know, huge things and stuff in a person's life. I think, you know, COVID was a great chance for Satan to attack the community of the church, True. to to attack that connection that we have with meeting together. You know, hearing the youth talk about how their teenage years were almost taken away from them because they were just basically starting to become teenagers as this COVID pandemic broke out. And it's sad. It's sad for them. It's sad for the church family. So many people have left and never came back. And it's sad. You, you, we need yes, the community because yes. without a strong community, yes. just like you said, you're going to be scattered. You're going to have a weak foundation. You're going to be thrown and tossed by the ways of the world. You need a solid foundation yes. of like-minded people. Yes. That is such good yes. advice. That's yes. so huge. Yes, God's got a message and uh, that he wants to get over to people, but it's it's going to be in a church family. <laughs> so there are certain things that God is only going to speak to you. I know some people may not agree with me about this, but there's there's only certain things that God's going to speak to you when you're in that place, when you're in 
his will in a church family mm. and under the pastor that you're going to, that you need that's speaking into your life until yes. you get into that place, then God can speak these things into your life. And you're not in that place. You're not going to be here. And you want to be hearing what God is saying in your life because God is moving you through the life, moving you through life. He's, he's wanting to grow you. He's wanting to use you more. He's wanting to speak through you. He's wanting to do, do things for you. He's wanting to do things through you, mm. but that's only going to come through being obedient and submissive in, in a, in a church family with a pastor over you speaking into your life, you know, uh, and stuff. And Jeff know, talks of, about that on Sundays when he teaches, like, this is the only time that this specific group of people is going to be in this specific that's right, place. That's right. That's so right. I don't think that right. anyone who pushes back on what you're saying, they need to, they need to really think about it in their heart about mm-hmm. you, there are only certain things you will hear mm-hmm. and there will only be a certain environment where yes. you can hear it. Yes. And coming That's specifically right. and coming to church specifically and submitting yourself, giving your time to that, becoming prepared, those yes. that's yes. different than on a screen. It's different yes. than, you know, yes. I pray and I believe and I'm believing that people are going to have their lives changed from getting to hear testimony on this Amen. on this podcast. Amen. I am Absolutely. believing that with my whole heart. And yes. I'm, I'm yes. it, it gets me ramped up and excited. Yes. And I hope that it encourages people mm-hmm. to push themselves to get even farther than they can get mm-hmm. just from listening to this, because this can only get you so far. Mm-hmm. This can only get you so far. You're so, it's so true. There's an environment of like-minded people. Mm-hmm. The spirit is, can, can grow and, and be strengthened. You can be more aware of it. Yes. yes. And, and yes, in your own time, the the thing about your own time is it gets you more prepared for Sundays. Mm-hmm. The more time I'm in my word outside of church, the more I'm getting out of church. Now. That's right. That's, it, right. It, that's all that, you know, it's very important. You got to focus on your day-to-day living. It's so important for you because it helps you on Sundays, get more out of Sundays, but you got to start somewhere. And like you said, finding a spiritual father, mother, mentor, and then getting yourself into church with a pastor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's I think that's a great advice because, like you said, you could give them the whole ring around the rosy mm-hmm. on getting your word, pray, mm-hmm. uh, worship. We talk about it all the time, but and we talk about the community thing all the time. But that's got to be at the top of the list. It's yeah. got to be at the top of the list. Pastor in your life and a spiritual father, and the pastor may be the spiritual father to you. But that's yes. those are the very the huge, huge, very, very important. All right. That's awesome. I think we're going to wrap it up there. All right, son. Thank you for your time. Um, thank you for your your wisdom. If you guys like what you hear, you know, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, share it on your Facebook or your Twitter or your Instagram or share it with a friend that you think might need to hear it. And we'll see you guys next week.